this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. God is, okay? God is. If you need a Bible, raise your hand this morning. Get it up real high. Once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of John chapter 14. Uh, we're going to start. Guys, I'm excited about this. This is going to be a great series because the goal here is many times in life, you, you may have said this or you may have thought this, does God have more for me? And I believe he does have more for every one of us. But the secret of walking into the pathway of miracles or the secret of walking in the things that God has for every one of us is we got to begin to expect God to do it. The only way that happens, guys, is we must change our concept of who we view God is. We must change our perception of who God is and look at what the Bible says. Because a lot of times we look at God as he's mean. He's, He's a harsh God. He's a judgmental God. He's critical. He's unfair. He doesn't like me. He's against me. I used to think this, guys, that God was just waiting for an opportunity to squash me like a bug. I didn't think God liked me. But this is why we're going to teach on this to let you know God does like us. And when we find out what God's character is in his heart towards it'll change us. I believe this a lot of times. We don't worship God. We worship our concept of God. Let's change our concept. How do we do that? Well, we do it through the Word of God, okay? John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, he says, first of all, Jesus says, I am the way to God. I am the way to God. I am the truth about God. And I am the life, the very life of God, okay? Now, this is what Jesus says about himself. Jesus is saying, this is who I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, you want to see another golden nugget right there? Jesus tells us the only way to the Father is through him, okay? There's no other way. So, first of all, to be saved i got to come through the Lord Jesus. I receive him as Lord and Savior of my life. But also, guys, anytime we pray, anytime we address the Father, it's important that we do it in the name of Jesus. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Because why? Jesus' blood has qualified us. That's where it's at. Now, look what Jesus says in verse number 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. So Jesus says this, how you know me is exactly how my father is. There's no difference between us. As I am, so is he. Now at times if we're not careful, we, we view God as, a, as an Old Testament God. That he's a God of law. And we view Jesus sometimes as the one of grace, but in reality... If you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. Now he goes on to say, And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, 
exactly as you see me, that's how Father God is. So this is important today that we begin to look at the scriptures and look at how Jesus is. And it'll tell me real quick, this is how my father is. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Now, what Philip is saying here is he said, Lord Jesus, just bring the father here and that'll be enough. That'll be sufficient. That, that will uh, be satisfying to every one of us. Just bring the Father here. Wasn't asking for much, was he? But look at Jesus' response to him in verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long? And he'd been with him over three years. And yet, you have not known me? Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? In other words, you've got to be kidding me. And so Jesus is telling Philip right here the same thing that we see in the Word. As you see me, as you've seen me and you've known me, this is how the Father is. Actually, Colossians 1.15 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the exact revelation of Father God, and he's the exact representation of Father God. So once again, when we begin to study Jesus' life, it will give us great insight of how Father God is. Now look what he goes ahead and ends here. Verse 9 and 10, or verse 10 and 11. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So right here, Jesus is saying, listen, the things I say to you, those are my Father's words, that's his authority, but also the works that you see me do, the miracles, and the, the deeds with power, that's from my Father. So when I looked at this, guess what? God is still a miracle-working God. God is still a God that heals. God's still a God to save. And in verse number 11, he says this, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, if you can't believe my, my words, allow my works to convince you that me and the Father are just like this. We're the same. Now go with me back to your left to, to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and I just begin to look at passages in the Bible that would show us the heart of Father God. Now, in this passage right here, you're going to see the heart of Jesus and the actions of Jesus. Now, just with what we read there, allow the heart of Jesus and the actions of Jesus to change your concept of Father God, okay? Let this soak in you today. And this will turn some things loose in you, okay? John chapter 1, verse 40 through 45. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can come make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and he touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, 
But go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer open, in, openly enter the city, but was outside in desert, deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Now, when we read this, guys, what did this man learn about Jesus? So we're going to go back and we're going to dissect this, and there's going to be some things that are going to jump out about, about this to us. Verse 40 again. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. This guy learned, first of all, that Jesus had compassion. What does that mean? When you're hurting in life, God wants to help you. No matter who you are. Now, in this passage here, when this leper comes to Jesus... The Greek literally implies that this man grabbed a hold of Jesus. So when you look here and it says that he implored Jesus and he knelt down before him, I kind of got the picture that he was at the feet of Jesus. He was kneeling before him and I believe what he did, I think he had to wrap his arms around Jesus. He was hurting that, but I want get to get a picture of that, guys. That this guy was hurting so much that he went to Jesus. He knew the source of healing. But you know what? He wasn't too proud to get on his knees. He wasn't too proud to reach his arms around Jesus. I think a lot of times that's what gets us. Many times we're too prideful. We don't want to get on our knees before Jesus. But that's what this guy did. Now, the reason I highlight that when you study a leper's life in the Old Testament, they were viewed as unclean. So anytime they would come and, and someone that was clean was approaching them, the unclean man or woman would have to say out loud, unclean, unclean, unclean. In other words, warn them because they weren't allowed in society. And so what happened in those things that if an unclean person ever touched a clean person, the clean person would then become unclean. And so here's this leper, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus didn't say, whoa, big fella, whoa, don't come near me. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus was clean. And what normally had happened, that if Jesus would have touched the unclean, he would have became unclean. But when the unclean touched Jesus, they become clean. What does that have to do with me and you? Well, every one of us are unclean. You know why? A thing called sin. But I want you to know today, not one of us in here are too dirty that Jesus can't cleanse you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. You're not too dirty. You're not too bound with sin. That Jesus can't take care of you. The thing is just like this guy. He came to Jesus. You've got to make the decision to come to Jesus. Now 
when you look at this here, how did Jesus respond to him? He was compassionate toward him. This man was, was hurting. He was in a lot of pain. They would say this about a leper. That many times his body parts would begin to fall off. It wasn't uncommon for a leper to lose a finger. To just lose a toe. But they would keep living and go through life. Can you imagine how painful that was? And so when this man is reached out with compassion to, by Jesus, it changed him. Two things I really see here about the compassion of Jesus. He'll heal you physically, but he'll also heal you emotionally. This guy wasn't even hurting just physically, guys. Emotionally, he couldn't go around society. That meant he couldn't be around his kids, his spouse. He couldn't get around. So if you view your life as you think, I'm an outcast. Listen, guys, Jesus loves you. And he's got great compassion for every one of us in here. The first thing you got to see is this. If Jesus is compassionate, so is Father God. He's got great compassion for us. Now, we're going to read the same two verses again because there's a bunch in here. Now, a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, I believe right here the leper was certain that Jesus was able to heal him, or he'd have never came to him. He just didn't know if Jesus was willing to heal him. And many times that's the same concept me and you have about Jesus. But look what's said in verse 2. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and he touched him. And he said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. Jesus' response right there, guys. It settles the question. Jesus said, I am am willing now note once again guys jesus didn't look at the guy and say listen buddy if you'll straighten up and get your act together then i'll take care of you he didn't even tell him if you'll quit doing the stupid things i've told you over and over jesus just point blank said to him i am willing now i'm gonna highlight that i am willing why are we gonna highlight that Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now let this one word get in your heart today. The same. The same. If I believe the scriptures that Jesus is the same every day, you know what that tells me? Right now... He's still willing. He's still willing. And in, in uh, Acts 10, 34, Peter said this, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So if he was willing to heal the Jew, he's willing to heal the Gentile. Whoever we are, everyone of get this today. Not only is Jesus compassionate, he's willing. This may change the way you view things. 
I'm going to show you something. Hold your place right there. Go with me to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3. Way back there after Hebrews, 2 Peter 3. Hold your place right there, Mark. We're going to come back to it. 2 Peter, chapter 3. See, this is one of the things we hear over and over and over and over again. I don't know that God's willing. I don't know that he's willing. Well, when you find out in the scriptures what the word says, that'll tell you his will right there. And Jesus said, I'm willing. I'm willing. I was brought up, guys, in a church, and I didn't go very often when I was a child. But they didn't believe in healing. Say, God doesn't do those things anymore. Well, thank God I had a mama who looked and said, show me scripture and verse for that. Because if God didn't heal anymore, my brother would have died at an early age. But my mom started studying the word of God and finding out the character of God and realized God does heal. He still heals. And many times our concept of God is what other people have told us or even other religions. I'm not going to be religious, guys. Let's just believe the word of God, okay? When we can find out what the Bible says, anytime you can find where it says it's written, you can guarantee this, it's finished. That Jesus has already paid the price. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering. This is a characteristic of Father God. God is long-suffering. And many of you should have said amen. Because of my, I thank God he was long-suffering. I thank God that he didn't say, listen, buddy, three strikes and you're out. Many of us would have been gone a long time ago. But God is long-suffering to us. In the, little, in the literal Greek translation, it said he is long-suffering to you and you and you and you and you. Every one of us goes on to say, and he's not what? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, you know what that verse tells me right there? It's never God's desire or will for any person to perish. But some people will. Now, here's the thought in the concept we have a lot of times as human beings. If it's God's will to do something, then he's just going to do it. Wrong. Wrong. When God has a will to do something, me and you have to respond to his will in, in, a, in a way physically even, whether it's by my voice asking or my actions. How do you know that? Well, listen, it's not God's will that any perish, but guess what? There's going to be people that are going to perish. People are going to die and go to hell, even though it's not God's will. Why? They didn't respond to him. How did you respond? How did you get born again? Well, what happened? There was a minister, a preacher, or someone that began to share the gospel. And guess what? You made an altar call. And you came down there, and out of your mouth, and through your heart, you got born again. God will not violate you. Now, it's God's will that none perish. 
Same thing with the, the leper I saw. What was his corresponding action? When Jesus had made the comment, it's my will to heal you, the leper had to go to Jesus, guys. Remember? It said he implored Jesus and he went to Jesus. See, a lot of times we think, well, if God's going to heal me, he's just going to do it. No, I've got to gravitate toward him. I've got to ask him, come into my heart. Heal me, Lord Jesus. Now, I saw a word that was under the definition of will that really helped me. Instead of will, we could put in the word desire. It's God's desire that not one person perishes. If you've ever wrote a written will, you know what your written will is? It's your desire. You're telling a lawyer or a, a court that this is my desire with my will. So it looks something like this. It's my desire that my kids get my piggy bank. It's my desire that, that Bob Worth gets my golf clubs. It's my desire that Greg gets my pickup. So all I'm doing legally is sharing my desire. That's exactly what Father God's done. Legally, he shares his desire. So when I go in and I start seeing what the Bible says, let this whet your appetite and say, right there, right there, this is what God's word said. Now go back with me to, to Mark chapter number one. Mark chapter one. Got to see this stuff, guys. It's God's desire for me. And he loves me, he cares for me. So we begin to see this right here. That Jesus is compassionate. And Jesus' desire or his will is to be good to us. But look what happens in the next verse. After Jesus says, I am willing to be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. You know what the immediately said to me? The same song they sang today. He's able. He's able. Not only is Jesus compassionate, and not only is he willing, but he's able. He's able to what? He's able to do exactly what he says. And so once again, through all this, guys, I believe if we would just change our concept and our perception of who he really is, man, it makes it a lot easier. That my thought is this about Father God, he loves me. He's got compassion for me. He wants the best for me today, right now. And that's the same for you. And some of you say, no, 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 not for me. No, wait a minute. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. So if he would do this for the leper, he would do this for me? I believe so. Now keep reading here with me because you've got to see some other things here. And Jesus strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing these things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What that meant is if they ever got cleansed from this stuff, they would have to go present themselves so they could come back into society. So Jesus is telling him, go do that. But look what happens in verse 45. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. He did the exact opposite of what Jesus told him. But he didn't do 
the exact opposite of what Jesus told him to be ugly, to disrespect Jesus. You know why he did this? He was so excited. I can see him walking back into society and he began to shout and tell her, look what happened. It's me. It's me, the guy that was a leper. I'm going to tell you, anytime God does something significant in your life, do you shut up? I don't. I got to tell everybody. I mean, if you ever tell me something good that's happened, if you don't want me to share it, you better specifically say it. Because I'll get up here and I'll start telling, man, did you hear what happened to Donna Hodge? She got so blessed. So that's how this is. This guy is, is excited. This is what happens. I believe when we begin to share what God's done in our life, it, it becomes contagious. Where people begin to look and think, if he did that for Ty, he'd do that for me. Yeah, he would. But I don't believe this guy right here. I don't believe he went in and started saying, now listen, these are the rituals you got to follow. This is the religion you got to follow. And, I, and, and also you got to take three courses on how to get your healing. You know what I believe this guy began to do? He began to tell him about a person. He began to tell him about a someone named Jesus. He didn't tell him about religion. I'm a Christian. I'm a. He started telling him about Jesus. Listen, this guy named Jesus came and he laid hands on me. And look what happened. Look at me. And I believe he said this. He didn't reject me and he won't reject you. He healed me and he'll heal you. And there's no telling what took place off of this. Go with me to one more passage this morning. Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah 32. I also believe, guys, he looked at people and said, if you're dirty, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just as you are. He'll clean you up. See, many times, you know what our thought is? I'm going to clean my life up then I'm going to come to Jesus. I used to always say this, I'm going to quit drinking, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. Well, we got it just totally opposite. If I could take care of myself on my own, I would have never needed Jesus. But I couldn't, so guess what? It's powerful when you learn, I'm just going to come to Jesus, just as I am. And God is compassionate. And God is willing and God is able. Now look at this verse. Let this get on the inside of you. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. When you think of the power and the greatness of our God, just think about the way the ocean roars, the mountains, the sky. I mean, I think God tells the, the sun when to come out and when to go down. He tells the stars when to twinkle. He's the one who told the rivers which way to run. This is how awesome our God is. And I believe at times it, it's just great just to sit back and look at how great our God is. And this is what he's telling us. He formed everything, and he ends in this verse and says, 
There is nothing too hard for you. Many translations say there is nothing too difficult for you. The Amplified says there's nothing too difficult for you or too wonderful for you. But to get a hold of this, guys, i got to change my concept of who he really is. And understand this, guys, just as the leper came to Jesus, so must you and I. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Now, I don't know where you're at today. Spiritually, you may be dirty. You may be full of sin today. You know what I can tell you? He still loves you. And it's his will that not one of us perish. You know, for me to get cleansed from my sin, even right now, I still play a part in that. Jesus paid the price, but I must ask him to forgive me. If I don't ask for his forgiveness, he doesn't do nothing. So once again, is it his will to forgive? Absolutely. But I got to come out. I got to respond. That may be you today. Maybe today. You've got something in your body, a sickness, an ailment. And you say, I don't know that God would do that. He loves you. He loves you. I don't care what's going on in your life. If you're needing compassion, if you're needing a touch from God, let this get in your heart. Stand up with me. God is. God is. He's able. He's a healer. He's compassionate. And he's very aware of every one of us in this room. Psalms 139 says that he wonderfully and fearfully and skillfully created every one of us. That God loves us. Bow your head with me. You may just say this thing. Some of you may just want to touch your own heart. Just say this, maybe just just real quietly to yourself. God loves me. Ooh, thank you, Father God, you love me. God's compassionate toward me. And God's desire for me is good and not evil. And I thank you today, right now, Father. You're able. You're able. You're all powerful. You know, if you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I'm dirty. I'm dirty. And maybe you've never received Jesus, the only ones that can cleanse you. That's a good day. That's a good day. Nothing to be ashamed of. Or maybe you're dirty because you just got some sin in your life, some things that have stained you. You know, if that's you today, just be real bold and step out and say, that's me today. Once again, listen guys, you must respond to him, okay? It's his will to cleanse you, but if you don't respond, guys, he doesn't move. If that's you today, just just make your way down here to the front. Come on now, don't be embarrassed. And say, that's me. Ooh, I'm dirty today, Lord. Dirty spiritually. 
Maybe you're here today. And you need a touch of his compassion. You say, Father God, I love you today, but I, I need a touch of you. Whether it's, it's healing for your physical body. Or even emotionally. You say, man, I, I, I feel emotionally drained, weak out. Because I'm going to tell you guys right now, God, God's able. He loves you. He's aware. But unless I respond to him. And God won't force you to do anything. I mean, we'll, we'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray the prayer of faith over you today just to be biblical. If that's you, come on down. He loves you, guys, I'm telling you. But also, I believe this, that when we read there in John, he talked about his works. I still believe God. He's a, he's a God of miracles. He's a God of miracles, guys. He's a healer. He's a healer. Let, let me just share this real briefly. We, we baptized Ben and Marla and Donald, their son, the other night. All three of them. Daddy, then mama, then son. It was awesome. And... Ben caught me before the service and he said to me, he said, Pastor, did you see how I went down the steps? And I said, no, I, I didn't notice at all. And he said, well, I've had issues with my knee. And he said, not only the pain, but he said, I have a hard time going down the steps. And he said, when I got in there and got baptized, he said, when I went out the other side, he said, without even thinking, he said, I just, not even a thought. And I don't know how many years it had been that way, but he said something happened. Four years. See, God's a God of miracles. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.